0: Taken the edge. There'll be one. Cummins will come back for two. Oh, he's knocked it over the boundary! And Australia are home. Ice in his veins. Pat Cummins has led his team to a famous victory here at Edgebaston.
1: Welcome to the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, Spirit of Australia, and after the first test of the 2023 Ashes series, we're all just catching our breath. You've probably seen the headline and you've probably seen the highlights by now on cricket.com.au and all the superlatives, they were worth it. It was an absolute epic Louis Cameron.
2: It was an amazing test. Uh, I've kind of said a couple of times during this test that it felt like the best one I'd ever seen. Um, and I, it's easily the best test Good I've ever call. seen. It was, yeah, it kind of felt like it was shaping up. Things were so close the whole way through and you just felt like England had it when they needed 54, 50- I think it was when Nathan Lyon joined Pat Cummins out in the middle Pat Cummins hasn't been making many runs with the bat Nathan Lyon hasn't been making runs, many runs with the bat Australia had three number 11s as Olive Robinson <laughs> told us earlier in the test and they got him home it was incredible it was remarkable batting um, yeah I've never seen anything like it
1: well let's run through the scores Australia began the day needing 174 runs but the whole morning session was completely ruled out with rain leaving 67 overs to get the required runs with 7 wickets in hand Boland lasted half an now he didn't give too many chances until he edged Stuart Broad behind but the Aussies were in no rush regardless Usman Khawaja was the rock with just 22 runs in the afternoon session. And at T, Australia were five down, needing 98 after the loss of Travis Head for 16. With around 80 to get, both Kawaja and Green chopped on off the quicks. and At that point, Carey and Cummins decided to play their shots. It got very exciting after that. They were taking on the bowlers. But a stunning court and bowled by Joe Root ended Carey's innings and seemingly Australia's hopes, as you mentioned, was 55 to get. Nathan Lyon then perhaps with an added determination after being labelled a number 11 by Robinson and showed the most composure we've seen in a long time and together with Cummins put on 55 to get Australia home with five overs to spare. Louis, uh, where do you even start
2: wrapping up that day's play? Well, start at the start, right? So Boland and Usman Khawaja resumed the day. Boland, one of the number 11s that England have already labelled, he really stuck in and to make 20 off 40 balls was a really important little bit. You know, when you consider it was a 2 wicket win, every run was pretty important. Uh, and then I thought England just got on top. Uh, Usman kwadra just couldn't, he couldn't break the field. He, he couldn't um, He couldn't find the boundary. Was yet. he
1: trying to or was it just good bowling and good tactics?
2: I think he was trying to, there was a little bit of both. I think he was trying to hit the ball through the field but he didn't want to take too many risks. He knew that he just needed to take the game deep uh, and if he got the game into the final hour that Australia could, could maybe win the game. But uh, England's tactics were great. I thought they bowled fantastically well. I thought Stuart Broad was was fantastic. We, we touched on him yesterday, but to get Smith and Marnus before stumps and then to follow up with Scott Boland, um, he was superb. Ollie Robinson just kind of kept, kept coming all game. Jimmy Anderson only ended up with one wicket for the entire game, but I thought the way those three... Um, plowed away yeah. on a really flat wicket was um, was really impressive, and they wrangled. They even got a, a wicket out of Moen Alley. whose finger was busted. Like. Uh, there was, you know, there's nothing on that spinning finger of his. So they get the bonus wicket of of Travis Head with Moe and Ali, whose, you know, finger is absolutely shot. They get Cameron Green. They kind of outthink him uh, or, you know, outmanoeuvre him by just bowling at him and at him and at him. And he finally just chops one back onto his stumps. Uh, And eventually they get Usman Khawaja as well. Uh, And by the time Khawaja and and, and Kerry had gone, you think, well, this is, you know, this is no hope with with the way Australia's tail has been going recently. Kawaja he got another half century in the
1: match and when he did eventually fall, chopped on off Ben Stokes, um, the crowd went wild. Ben Stokes, however, didn't celebrate um, and he said in his press conference why that was the case.
3: I was absolutely flying on caffeine. <laughs> so I had to keep myself pretty level, to be honest. Um, yeah, that was sort of a big reason. I was just sort of in my life. All the lads were saying, you're right. And I was sort of not giving them much, but... I just sort of found myself in that sort of moment within the game where I knew it wasn't done, Um, and yeah, I sort of—if you look back two, three years ago—it would have been, you know, the big, you know, big celebration and all that kind of stuff. But you know, I just knew the moment of the game and what it was, and just sort of just just trying to take everything as it come, and um, yeah, I just, just sort of sensed that that was my time in the game to get myself on. Um, and just sort of sense that, that wasn't it, you know. It was obviously a big wicket to get, but the game wasn't done, and I just sort of had to try really hard to keep myself level because, you know, as I say, I was I was flying on flying high on caffeine.
2: So it was yeah, it was kind of interesting. I'm not sure what the caffeine he's talking about there whether it was Red Bull or he'd had a big shot of uh, black coffee, but <laughs> um, it, it was a game-changing moment. It was a leg cutter slower ball that Kowaja, you know, he'd faced. I think that my stat is that he's become the third Australian this century to face more than 450 balls in a test twice. The other two were Ricky Ponting and Justin mm-hmm. Langer. So yeah. pretty good uh, company. Balls. Yeah, and he batted all five days of this test. Just throw another stat at you. the first Australian to do all, to bat all five days of a test since Kim Hughes in 1980. So when they finally got him, it did feel like the momentum was going England's way. They dropped a couple of catches though. Alex Carey got, uh, uh, got dropped uh, twice by – sorry, Alex Carey got dropped once by Root. Uh, and Cummins hit one to him as well. That was a, a tough low catch. Eventually Root did uh, hang on to it uh, off off Carey, And that's what kind of set up this dramatic last week, of part- well, your second last week of partnership. Well, yeah,
1: as we get to the business end, we may as well touch on the moment of the day brought to you by Qantas, the Spirit of Australia, official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage, flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe. Things were getting pretty tense as Cummins and Lyon were scraping away at those runs and there was a pivotal moment that you think deserves moment of the day.
2: Well, it's. let me just preface this pivotal moment by pointing out another one that would have been moment of the day if this had happened. Oh, okay. Nathan Lyon had been, uh, he'd been playing it, you know, fast and furious really like he wanted to get the runs in a hurry they were bouncing him but he kept playing the short ball he hit a he hit a pull shot in the air to deep square leg England had two deep square legs and Ben Stokes nearly nearly took this incredible catch that was very reminiscent of the 2019 World Cup grab he got against South Africa at the Oval he went one handed he couldn't quite hang on to it that was a, a really nearly moment because that could have you know, turned the test if they were bowling at Josh Hazelwood with 34 to win. And for a lot of fans at the
1: ground and maybe even on TV, it would have looked like Stokes had held on to it because his body sort of covered the ball as he landed on the ground.
2: It did to us. I, I kind of thought, when because you saw it go in from our angle and then he kind of just got up and he, he, he looked disappointed. So you, you're right, a lot of people would have thought that. But it's not the moment of the day because Lyon survived. It wasn't the the wicket-taking moment England needed. He played this on-drive over mid-on's head off Stuart Broad. That was just it was classic.
0: Ninth, it. Oh what a shot that is! Where has he pulled that one out of Nathan Lyon? The flip over mid-on and we're down to single figures. Australia seven more to win. What a shot!
2: It was it an was all-time classic. That's the one that you're going to replay over and over again, I think. I totally agree with that because um, Australia
1: needed 11 at the time. England had just taken the new ball and Sto- and sorry, Broad was honing in on those pads of Nathan Lyons. And just with class and no fuss at all, Lyon lofted over mid-on and didn't even react, didn't celebrate. Maybe in some cases you might see a fist pump or something like that from from the batter, but he just was as cool as a cucumber.
2: He was, wasn't he? And this was where I thought England went into their shell for the first time in this test match. And it took them quite a while to take the second new ball, which I thought was interesting. They It kind of worked in uh, initially because the first over, after they didn't take it, Joe Root got Alex Carey out. So that was a big moment in the game. Good, r- Amazing spell by Joe Root to um, only go at, I think it was, you know, one or one and a half and over. Uh, through that through that spell when Moen Ali is basically unbowlable because his fingers, you know, hanging by a thread. But after that, once Lyon had hit that shot, uh, they kept bowling Robinson, they kept bowling Broad. Jimmy Anderson, their all-time leading test wicket-taker, uh, is just at mid-on. He's, he's not been thrown the ball, don't know if he's injured. Uh, and there were a lot of guys on the fence and... It, Stokes always talks about taking twenty wickets quickly. How? What's the quickest way to take twenty wickets? Well, it didn't look like he was trying to take twenty wickets. It looks like they were, um, and, and this was where Australia did really well not to kind of fall into the trap. There was one point where Stokes only had one fielder inside what would have been the thirty-yard circle for um, for a number nine. Uh, so that was really surprising for me, um, and and the first time in the match I think where you know that super aggression didn't kind of going to play out and eventually it took a long time but but yeah they got the winning runs. Yes I think England took
1: the new ball in the 84th or something like that over. Why do you think they would have held back? Was it because Root was bowling so effectively and so miserly at one end?
2: I think that would have been part of it I think they would have been fearful uh, again you know would have to, um, to ask Ben but I think they would have been fearful of the ball flying off the bat with a brand new ball. So we know that, you know, the older ball, it's going to be slower, it's going to come off the wicket slower, it's going to go to the boundary slower, whereas that that brand new ball, as we saw with the winning runs off Pat Cummins, a bit of an edge behind backward point uh, and then a misfield on the rope from Harry Brook that that, um, pushed it over. But if that's the old ball, that's not going for four. So that's the kind of risk you take. But this England team's talked about always pushing the game, always doing that, and uh, I thought just in that moment they didn't quite do that. One
1: thing that will stand out for me for the match was obviously how great the English fans were. The whole five days, they were loud, they were consistent and always in good fun. But with about 10 runs to go, all of a sudden, the most prominent sounds in the ground were the Aussie fans. And there were quite a few of them, to be fair. Quite a few have come out to this test to view. And it was almost... it was almost perfect that the winning runs, which you've mentioned. Harry Brook parried it over the rope, was right in front of the touring groups there at the uh, third man, third man so, that's yeah. right.
2: Yeah, and I was actually down there in that spot just after the game grabbing an interview with Nathan Lyon, and there were a lot, a lot of Aussie fans. I think there had been some in the Holly stands over, over previous days, but the Aussies were very appreciative of their support. Uh, and Pat Cummins uh, kind of mentioned how much he liked the support in his press conference. He also mentioned how appreciative he'd been of his, having his family there. He's, his dad was there let's um maybe have a listen to what he said at the press conference
3: yeah dad's been here all week so I just feel really lucky to have him here it's been a tough few months so um my brother's been here all week as well um yeah dad was here in 2019 with mum so just yeah having him here is just just really special so yeah it's all uh I went with him to uh Bruce Springsteen on the first night this week as well so it's been a good week he's, he's pretty happy <laughs> Australia doesn't have the best record in close test matches, especially over the last
1: decade or so. Uh, they've generally tended to lose the close ones. But this is this a sign that things are starting to change for this team and maybe you just need a catalyst moment uh, to start
2: winning those close ones? Well, Pat Cummins mentioned in his presser that he'd been thinking about Headingley and the demons of that and what you know, he would have done differently. He also said that he uh, talked about Joburg 2011, which was his debut test, They also won that by two wickets. So, kind of. He also hit the
1: winning runs. And he also hit the
2: winning runs. Exactly right. Uh, and and Ben Stokes was talking about uh, in his presser uh, you know how ironic it was that he dropped Nathan Lyon when Nathan Lyon had been the one to fumble that run out off him <laughs> yeah. at Headingley in 2019 so really interesting parallels there but you're right Australia don't typically win these close tests they lost at uh, the Gabba by 3 wickets in 2021 to India they lost at Headingley by a wicket they lost in Adelaide in 2018 to India by 31 runs in Dhaka to Bangladesh uh, by 20 runs uh, and, you know, that's, that's kind of over the last five or six years. So huge confidence boost, you've got to think, for them going into it. A, to know that their game plan will, will stand up against B- Baz Ball England. Uh, but just be, you know, in, g- in general, like the the first win of an Astros series, if you're the, the team that wins that first test, more often than not, uh, you're going to win the series. And there have been some great wins that is, this Australian
1: team has put together over the last uh, little bit as well. If you look at Cape Town in 2014, Manchester 2019, and a couple on the subcontinent, where does this one rank in terms of their best test victories?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think it's the best since Pune 2017, when Australia won by a big margin uh, in India, the first test of that 2017 India Series. I'd almost, I think I'd, this was more like captivating in, in a sense that the, the test, this was the best test Australia's played in, in quite some time. You know, we'd have to go back uh, in terms of ones they've been on the winning end of. Um, so, you know, skip headingly. Uh, yeah, it, it would have to go back further to, to find one quite as good as that. But in terms of just against the degree of difficulty, I'd say Pune is still just a little bit higher than it because they're playing against India in India in conditions tailor made for their uh, their bowlers and batters. They got that Kohli at his peak, they had Jadeja and Ashwin at their peak. I mean, their peaks have been for like last decade, <laughs> but they were in they were in great form. That India team was really strong, so um, I'd still have that one a little bit higher. But um, in terms of you know. You know, the atmosphere and the ashes, it's it's uh, it's the best, isn't it? It
1: certainly is. We want to hear as well from the listeners what your favourite test wins and test matches have been over the last little bit, so click on that link in the description if you're interested. This has been the Unplayable Podcast, brought to you by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. Shit.
0: He's taken the edge. there will be one. Cummings will come back for two. Oh, he's knocked it over the band And Australia in his veins pat cummins has led his team to a famous victory here at Edgebaston. 72 they needed when he came to the crease and he has got his team over the line what an end to a test match what a game of cricket the australian fans are up and about the australian dressing room is up and about and look what it means to him pat cummins